Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about this upcoming draft. Steve Palazzolo, Senior Analyst for Pro Football Focus, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. You can hit him up at PFF underscore Steve. Steve, how you been, man? Doing great. Pretty excited for uh, things to get kicked off tonight. So there's a lot of speculation as to what the Packers need versus what they may do. Um, one of the things I found interesting was one of the writers that uh, did a mock draft chose a defensive tackle in the first round because the Packers' inability to stop the run specifically against the 49ers who went on to a Super Bowl. You tell me what would the likelihood be, or at least your thoughts and through the mock drafts, of the Green Bay Packers going defensive trenches early on? I don't think that's the way they would go. I, I've given them Iowa's A.J. Epinesa before in mocks, but not, not because I think, hey, this is a, a massive need that you know, needs to be filled. It was more just the value play of a guy that's a first-round caliber player that's capable, uh, you know, that, that's good value at the end of the first. Um, I think they're solid up front, but not perfect. You know, I don't think – you never – you should not be drafting to stop the run in general in today's NFL, no matter what happened uh, the last time you saw them play in the playoffs. I mean, I think – the value for the Packers, it's going to be all about the pass game and uh, moving the chains through the pass game. And I've been on here before saying, hey, this is a great draft for them to double up at wide receiver. So um, I think that'll probably be where the value is for the Packers late in the first. Uh, well, that was my next question. So the value for as the board works, so to speak, would be at the wide receiver position. Uh, the other position that I have hopes for would either be if Kenneth Murray or Patrick Queen should happen to fall to them at the linebacker position, both of which they have needs at. Would you, if, say, Patrick Queen or Kenneth Murray are there and you've got one of the top wide receivers there as well, which direction would you go for the value and the depth of the draft? Um, even with all of the the depth at wide receiver, I still think that's the best play. Um, I wouldn't hate Patrick Queen there. I'm not a huge Kenneth Murray fan. I, I don't think they're as interchangeable as, as other people think. We have a uh, I think we have Queen. So we have we have him first on our linebacker board. If you don't include Isaiah Simmons, and you call Isaiah Simmons a safety, uh, and we have Murray about fourth or fifth. So um, I wouldn't mind Queen there, but I also think, especially if if the goal is to double up at wide receiver, I've been telling this to Browns fans too, where they're like, "Hey, we got to fill that linebacker need," just like Packers fans are saying. I said, "You'll forget about your linebacker need if you're scoring thirty a game," and I, I feel like that's. Um, it sounds like I'm playing a video game here, but I think that's how teams should be thinking, especially if you have Aaron Rodgers um, and, and getting an old, getting older every year like the rest of us, you just make life as easy as possible for him with guys that can get open, that can stretch the field, that can win contested catches. So 
I'm all about that uh, that race for 30 in today's NFL, and then you won't worry so much about uh, a run-stopping linebacker or a guy that can cover just a little bit. Um, in addition to that, uh, there is a question because Aaron Jones coming up on his contract. If, say, a guy like Jonathan Taylor, does he have first-round grades or does he have second-round grades? Because if he's there, would the Packers go in that direction, do you think? I think for the NFL, he's probably a fringe first-rounder uh, right there with DeAndre Swift. Uh, for us at PFF, we would never take a running back that high. So he's he's right there in the 80s or 90s on our draft board just because we wouldn't um, we don't think there's value there from a, a pick standpoint. You know, I think Aaron Jones has been fantastic, but um, also benefits from the fact that teams are, are you know playing the pass first against the Packers. You've got lighter boxes. You can kind of manipulate uh, rushing production. And the Packers have actually been one of the most productive rushing teams on a per-play basis over the last couple of years, even when Aaron Jones hasn't been the guy. So um, I'm not too worried about the Packers' running game or, and certainly not worried about them trying to, uh, to replace a running back early in the draft. The, uh, we, we talk so much about the Packers' needs, but there's a level of importance to this draft because you've got to balance between the future of the team and the here and the now because you know what your window is for Aaron Rodgers. It's not likely that there's, there's there hasn't been a quarterback until you get Peyton Manning. Uh, I, I think it's Tom Brady, and, and I think it was even, um, um, God, uh, John Elway over the age of 30, 35, that are going to start winning championships. Uh, so the likelihood for Aaron Rodgers to get there and him making all the money next year, that really starts to limit what the Packers can do, which is the reason I think you need to draft for the needs and for the here and the now right now. You've got to be aggressive in this draft and not necessarily fall back and, and kind of wait for the draft board, so so to speak, to hope it comes to you. I'd love to see Brian Gutekinds get aggressive. In your mock drafts, do you guys feel that way right now about this team? Yeah, so I think so. I think the tricky part about all of that that is a concept, you know, like win now versus you know being aggressive. If you just look at the Saints a couple of years ago, they were they made the most aggressive move probably of all time to go get a non quarterback. They traded up, they traded the huge haul to the Packers uh, to go get Marcus Davenport, and you know for the Saints who feel like they're just a, a one or two players away, that's just never the reality in the NFL because the difference between you know, player 15 in the draft and player 30 and player 45 is really tough to predict. It's really small. So um, being not as quote-unquote aggressive in the draft is okay. I think the play, though, is where you view the positional value. So, yes, you want to you attack needs and all that stuff, but not every need is created equal. You know, to me, a, to me, a number three wide receiver is probably more important than a linebacker, um, even if they're both uh, needs, especially, again, with Aaron Rodgers, if you already have a Devontae Adams, you, maybe you get one of those big-bodied receivers to work out. You know, if you have a Jalen Rager available, like I'm sprinting to the podium to go get Jalen Rager as my speed threat to, you know, to combine with Devontae Adams, my great runner, route runner, to combine with one of my 6'3", 6'4", receivers, whoever emerges, and just keep defenses off balance. So I think it's, it's balancing perceived needs, but also the value of, what you're trying to do, and, and again, this league's about passing the ball and, and stopping the pass, so I think you're just trying to improve those areas as much as possible. 
He's talking, talking with Steve Palazzolo from uh, Senior Analyst, by the way, from Pro Football Focus, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Tell me about some of the guys in that second round, maybe third round, because the Packers are going to need some trench guys, whether it's defensive tackle or offensive tackle. Right now, you're set and you look like you're going to be good, but the depth of tackle on both sides of the football for the Packers is a little bit scary if injuries begin to beset this team. Tell me where the value is right now on some of these guys. I love the second-round defensive lineman, the defensive tackles there. You know, we have a guy like Jordan Elliott from Missouri, who we have number 23 on our draft board. We Obviously, that's first-round value, but um, I, I don't know that the NFL is going to you know draft him in the first round. If he's available in the second, I think he's an absolute steal. Um, later in the second, I think there's a, a, a chunk of guys like Justin Matabuike from Texas A&M, Neville Gallimore from Oklahoma, and Ross Blacklock from TCU. Uh, all of those guys have their own – strengths and weaknesses, but they look like they could be solid players. You know, Gallimore just has great burst off the line, and Matabuike's got great technique, good run defender, can get after the quarterback. So um, I love the interior D-line class in that second-round range uh, where we where we value guys. And then did you say interior offensive line? or do you it, say uh, Well, offensive, uh, offensive, offensive tackle specifically, both the right side and the left side. God forbid David Bakhtiari goes down. I don't know who they would right. have to bounce out there all of a sudden. Yeah, the, the tricky thing here is, you know, we have we have a big four, which is different from the perceived big four. Andrew Thomas, Tristan Wirfs, Jedrick Wills, and then we think uh, Josh Jones from Houston is the fourth best tackle, right ahead of Mackay Beckton. I know most right, I just mentioned him higher. earlier today too. I agree. Yeah, and so Jones is a guy like in our world, he's our 14th player on the board, but in reality, could be there late first and into the second, or maybe later because I don't know if the NFL values him as much. And I think the tricky part here is we're hearing a bunch of guys that we have as more second- or third-round players like Ezra Cleveland from Boise State and Austin Jackson from USC and Isaiah Wilson from Georgia. We're hearing them getting first-round type of hype. Those are guys I would love to take you know, you know, on, you know, in the third round or something as developmental prospects, but they might get overdrafted. So um, if you're looking for that backup type that I think will be there, though, Lucas Niang from TCU is a bit of a project, but he's 6'7 with good movement skills. And my personal favorite is Matt Parrott from uh, UConn, another 6'7 guy, showed well at the senior ball, has produced really well, and hasn't played a ton of football uh, in his life, so I still think he's got some developing to do. I think Parrott could be one of those future starters at tackle who could go late second or into the third round. Uh, realistically, here's the next question in regards to the wide receiver position. Realistically, they say this is the, one of the deepest classes, if not the deepest class ever. So how much quality and how much value is there, say, in the third round? Because the Packers have ten draft choices, but they've got five of them in the last two rounds of this draft. How much quality and diamonds in the rough are you going to track down in those last two rounds? It really depends on how the draft plays out. And, you know, sometimes I live in my own little PFF vacuum here where I'm so focused. My strategy is to focus on the pass game, knowing that, the reality of what's going to happen tonight and over this weekend, it's, it's not going to be the case. So I think that will push a bunch of those receivers down the board. I think wild card wise, you have a guy like LaVisca Chenault from Colorado who could be seen as a gadget player with injury concerns. He could fall quite a bit. You know, I think uh, KJ Hamler from Penn state has a wide range of outcomes. Tyler Johnson from Minnesota. Uh, our guy, Mike Renner actually compared him to Devontae Adams. I think that might be a little rich as far as their style, but Tyler Johnson's a guy had our number one receiver grade last year, number six in 2018. Like, the guy just gets open. Nobody knows how he does it. Nobody looks at it and says, this guy does this, this, or this well. He just gets open, and he's going to be a steal. I talked to teams that have him as a day three type of player. So I think Tyler Johnson 
um, is one of those names that we'll remember in a few years. You've got Jawan Jennings from Tennessee, another guy who just didn't run well, but just gets open and makes people miss. So I think there is plenty of depth in this receiver class. K.J. Hill from Ohio State, another good route runner. John Hightower, a deep threat from Boise State. Van Jefferson, the same thing from Florida. So um, I think there's plenty of depth and um, not just high-end guys. So there'll be a lot of guys available, I think, rounds four, five, and six. Running backs, uh, once you get past, say, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor, how deep is it? Yeah, I think there's a few guys who are pretty good in the past game. Zach Moss for Utah, he's a guy for us that we really like just because he's so good at just making people miss. The kind of Kareem Hunt-like where he doesn't have that uh, you know, breakaway speed, so to speak, but he's going to maximize runs, maximize checkdowns, and pick up yards after the catch. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from LSU I think could be coveted in the second round. Little, you know, listed at 5'8", might be even shorter, but, man, he is tough to tackle. Um, so I think there's a few good guys there. And Cam Akers, I think, would be the other name to watch from Florida State. He's not even 21 yet and still um, does a lot in the pass game. I think there's a lot of guys at the top who are good receivers. And I think, you know, Akers is one of those guys who could find an early role in the NFL in the pass game. That was going to be my next question because Cam Akers out of Florida State was a guy that I had circled that the Packers could get later on. How come – let me ask you this. Yeah. How come the NFL doesn't value anymore the way they once did – is it just because it's a passing league now, the running back? And then obviously, I mean, the Green Bay Packers have come out and said it, that they don't value the inside linebacker as much as maybe the media values the inside linebacker. But yet on third down, we saw Blake Martinez was solid, but he you know, he had issues in pass defense at times. And it became a third down over the middle almost automatic most of the time. So how come teams don't value the middle linebacker and the running back the way they once did? So the running back in particular is is pretty easy because even when they they were valued, they were still probably overvalued. If you go back, if you just look at rushing production, you know, I always make the joke, like if we had offensive line stats back when football started, I don't think people would value the running back as much. Um, when you go back and study the run game and you said, okay, why was this run game successful? The running back's like fifth on the list as far as the reason. It, it's it's how many guys were in the box, what, how well did the offensive line block it up, how good is your quarterback, because the defense adjusts accordingly. And then the running back is just kind of like the stat collector, and that's all, what all of our research says. And then even if they are good in the pass game, their pass game targets are probably less valuable than your receivers and tight ends. So you don't really want to feed a running back 100 or 125 targets in a year because you're probably taken away from someone else. And I know that sounds simplistic, but that's the basic version. And then opposite that, the linebackers, kind of the same thing if you overpay for a guy that's really going to stop the run you don't necessarily want that because you you don't want teams passing you don't want to stop the run too well the teams pass the ball more because passing is more efficient if that makes sense it's a little counterintuitive you don't want to stop the run first you want to stop the pass first and you want to do it with corners and safeties first you don't want to have a hole at linebacker but you have to cover up those other holes first and obviously if you have a weakness and it's a blake martinez and it's the middle of the field it's glaring you don't want to be weak there but you have to tidy up other positions first, and I think that just pushes linebacker down the board just a little bit. Steve, always good stuff. Look forward to breaking down the draft after the fact. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for joining us for a couple minutes, okay? Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, pal. There you go. You can find him at PFF underscore Steve. Uh, Steve Palazzolo, Senior Analyst at Pro Football Focus, getting you ready for the NFL Draft. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.